0: sweet friends. It's Lisa and welcome back to the Becoming a Radiant Wife podcast. So a couple weeks ago, I introduced you to Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 20 to remind you that we have to know who we are fighting and how to fight. Our spouse is not our enemy and neither are our neighbors in the, you know, love your neighbor context. I want to review Ephesians 6, verse 12. This is the verse that I encourage you to memorize. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the powerful forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Were you able to memorize that? We actually ended up having two weeks to memorize. I've learned that with a job and a family, this podcast needs to be every two weeks. Although I didn't record this podcast last week. I did the Facebook Live and the blog post was updated. But I realized today as I was preparing that I never uploaded this new episode. So I sincerely apologize. So it's been four weeks since I've had a new episode up. So you've got this one, and then I'm also getting ready to record tonight's episode here in just a few minutes. So you're gonna get two back to back. Um, so anyway. I've realized, every two weeks from now on. Please know that you can also, as I said, the blog post went up, so you can also always go to bee-sweet.com and read the new blog post. Or if you want to see my face, you can always go um, Facebook at 7.15 every other Thursday. So this evening will be a um, a Facebook Live or a recorded session. Um, that's what I do every Every two weeks, sometimes they're live, sometimes they're recorded, um, and you can, you can watch the podcast. So anyway, this week, I want to talk about the first piece of the armor of God. We will look at what it is, its purpose, the fact that everyone looks to someone or something to fulfill that purpose, who wants to lead us astray, and where we must go to fully wear that first piece of armor, so Ephesians 6, verses 13 to 14a, a is the first part, is the verse that I uh, presented on the, the podcast two weeks ago, and then of course you're getting it today. So you've got some time to memorize this. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so, when, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So our first piece of armor is the belt of truth. I've heard other Bible teachers say that the soldier's belt had two functions. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I read a lot of articles about the um, belt on the soldier's war um, with their armor. I found a lot of articles for one of the functions. I found one... I think that mentioned a little bit about this second function, but I've heard a lot of Bible teachers teach the second function. Because I respect the other Bible teachers, I trust that they did their research and that they know something that I don't. Um, I am not a professional researcher. I don't have a team that researches for me. Um, you know, I'm just perusing the internet to find the information I have. When it comes to the Bible stuff, I have my Bible commentaries and I have Bible dictionaries and um some apps that I use to look further, um, and then of course my concordance that I use to um to kind of uh look at different verses together. So I have a lot of information at my fingertips. Um, this was one that I wanted to be up front with you and let you know what I found and that other Bible teachers it seems have found information that I didn't see. So I'm gonna put this out there. Um, So the one that I didn't find a lot of information about, but I've heard taught many times um, is that, um, so the first function is that it was used to disperse the weight of the armor to lighten the load for the soldier so the the um, breastplate kind of set in the belt, which took some of the weight off of the breastplate, so the belt was used to um to lighten the load so it was it was to help carry the rest of the armor um and so that was the first one that I have not read a lot about. The second one is the one that was everywhere that um all of the articles reference to this part. The second function is that they used to tuck their tunic into it to provide freedom in their steps, so you know they had um like strips of fabric. And so as they were walking, they might get a little bit tangled. And so they would pull up the strips and tuck those in their belt so that they actually had more freedom um, in certain terrain. So did you hear that? So that first one is it was used to lighten their load. The truth that Paul is saying, you know, metaphorically, this is the belt of truth. It was used to lighten their load, but then also it provided freedom as they moved forward. And I love that. I just love that um, that feeling of knowing that when we know the truth, we have freedom. It's not when we have all of the lies and all of the, um, the worldly stuff just thrown at us and we have to decipher through it all. That's not freedom. Freedom is having some place to go where we can find the truth and then just living our day with the truth. I find that incredibly freeing. So the belt made it easier for the soldiers to carry the armor and to go long distances. God's truth is meant to lighten our load and give us freedom. Now, isn't that a beautiful gift? While we don't physically have armor that we put on every day, we all look to someone or something to lighten our load and find freedom to make life easier. Can you think of anything that you might turn to to lighten your load to uh, make your life a little bit easier, something other than God. So do any of you ever watch iCarly? Or like when your kids were younger, did you watch it? It was always one of my favorites. I always thought it was so funny. Anyway, do you remember the episode where Spencer decided to use the magic meatball to make all of his decisions so that he could lighten his decision-making load and free his mind to work on his art? Whenever he had to decide something, he just shook his Magic, magic Meatball, very similar to a Magic 8-Ball, and did what it said. He didn't have to make any decisions that week. He didn't even have to think. He just followed what it said. Um, for those that saw the episode, do you remember him drinking straight from the ketchup bottle? Uh, gross, right? <laughs> Thank you, Magic Meatball, for that bit of comedy. But he sure did gain freedom not having to think deeply about what the right choices were that week. So since we're talking about spiritual warfare, of course, that's our armor of God theme, I should remind you that the enemy's main job is to deceive us. He is actually called the father of lies. If you look at John 8, verse 44, it says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, nothing, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He wants us to be confused and uncertain. Spiritual warfare often comes in the form of deception. Again, I refer you back to the well-known incident in the Garden of Eden. They knew the truth. They actually heard God speak the truth, and were still deceived by Satan. Imagine how easy it is for Him to deceive us. So, um, let's look at like real life situations where you know we have to look and find the truth. So, if you've ever paid, been at the store, and you've been paying with um, like a twenty or a fifty or a hundred dollar bill. You hand the store clerk the bill, and they look at it. They can see with their eyes that it is whatever denomination of bill you have just handed them. But then, because their eyes can't always see the whole picture, they have to verify with a source of truth that this bill is authentic. If you've ever been in this situation, you know stores often keep a pen at the register to make a mark on the bills that are commonly counterfeited. Hence the 20, the 50, and the 100. So real U.S. money, I'm not sure if you knew this, but it's made of special paper entirely made of linen and cotton. Other common paper that we write on um, is made of refined wood pulp combined with mineral pigments and starch. The counterfeit detector pen contains an iodine solution. When iodine combines with starch, it leaves a brown mark. So do you remember which one has starch in it? So our common paper has starch in it. Currency paper doesn't have any starch in it. Therefore, the pen just makes like a translucent yellow mark on it. Sure, the person receiving the money can look at the bill and see what currency it's marked with. The majority of the time, they're receiving an authentic bill. But to be certain, they have to check all of them against the lie detector pen. That pen is their foundation of truth that they use to be sure what their eyes are seeing are correct. Because of that truth, the shop now has the freedom to use that money and know it's real. They don't have to worry about it being counterfeit. They don't have to be afraid that they're they're passing around fake money. So now I want to ask you something. Where do you personally look to find truth? So we know Spencer, he looked at his magic beatball He just wanted to lighten his load, right? He just was like, all right, magic meatball, whatever you tell me, that's what I'm going to do. Store clerks, they use their lie detector pen. They have to make sure that the money is real and authentic. So the foundation of who we are and why we make the decisions we do is based on where we find our truth. As a Christian... That answer answer should certainly be the Bible. God has given us that special gift where he speaks directly to us. We all need a lie detector for living on this earth. This world throws a lot of stuff at us and tries to call us names for not believing it. We encounter random decisions every day that require us to know what the honest, truthful, spirit-filled, correct decision should be. We have quick conversations with our spouse Or others that cause us to want to argue, and we need to be able to go to the truth and check what the right response should be. We have to have something to go to that can tell us if what is being presented is the absolute truth, no matter what our feelings are. Sweet friends, I have great news for you. Our lie detector is God's Word. Now, of course, we're going to have to read it and get to know Jesus to be able to apply His truth. God doesn't just have it written in there, if A, then B, if C, then D, if this, then that, right? If he did, it would make life a lot easier, but we would also miss out on some incredibly special time with God, our Father, who loves those special moments with us. He genuinely wants to meet with us every single day. When we start our day checking in with the one who loves us most, We're able to bring him our questions and our mistakes from the day before and then he can answer whatever questions or um, concerns that we have as he sees fit so for those of you that have kids has your child ever asked you a question that just wasn't time to answer yet cue the four-year-old who asks you where babies come from (laughs) in order to not lie to them we give them an answer but we give them an age-appropriate answer with the information we think they can handle at the time. We tell them exactly what we deem them to be ready for. We know our kids. We know what they're ready for. I kind of see that as how God answers us. When we're born again, we are just babies. We're just learning to live in the Spirit. God refuses to bombard us with all the information and all the answers. We aren't near ready to understand that we all grow at a different pace depending on how much time we've actually invested learning some are faster some are slower so the next few verses i've i've listed um and they're just some ways that god has shown me recently to evaluate my actions or my attitude to see if it's in line with the truth you know psalm 34 verse 5 is kind of our theme verse for the whole uh, becoming radiant movement Um, Psalm 34, verse 5 says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered in shame. And that's essentially what the belt of truth is telling us. It's telling us, look to him, look to God, and he's got the truth. His word, I mean, he speaks directly to us. So I like Galatians 5, 16 to 23 And I have two different versions. Oftentimes I like to look at some different versions just to see if the wording is a little bit different. Um, Sometimes I understand one better than the other. Oftentimes the words are very similar. Um, So the NIV version says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that same verse, the ESV version, just verses uh 19 to 21. So that's Galatians 5:19 to 21 ESV says, "Now the works of the flesh are evident: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before," That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's uh, Galatians five sixteen to twenty three, and then nineteen to twenty one in the ESV version as well as a comparison. Then I also, of course, um, the positive side, starting with Galatians five. Oh, so I didn't. So I went to uh, Galatians five sixteen to twenty one, and now twenty two to twenty six. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And then, of course, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8A. So eight A is the just the very beginning. Love is patient, love is kind. If you're unsure of the truth, you can start here. Do your actions or attitude align with the list of flesh or spirit? Do your actions or attitude align with 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8? I'm going to get a little vulnerable with you for just a minute. So, my constant downfall is selfishness. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5. It is not self-seeking I tend to have strong opinions and want what I want more specifically I tend to argue about things that don't even matter they don't even have eternal implications and yet I have to make my opinion known it's so dumb I sound like a like a big baby don't I (laughs) I hope I'm not the only one out there that struggles with this I suspect I'm not um But it is, it's something I pray about often. It really is. The truth is that even though I'm 45 in flesh years, my spirit is much younger. I'm really just a baby in the spirit. I spend a lot of time trying to fit my flesh-shaped peg into a spirit-shaped hole. How can I do what God says and still get the outcome that I want? Shameful, isn't it? I'm thankful that after all these years, God has taken me on this journey and he has answered my questions and given me wisdom in his perfect time. For myself, I'll be praying to shed the flesh and live in the spirit while putting on the belt of truth every day. What is it that you struggle with and what can I be praying for you about? Even though I don't know your names, I do pray for you guys. I ask God to please let whoever needs this message hear it. and I ask you guys to pass it on if you know someone who needs this message, pass it on because that's how we I think that's how I've started listening to most podcasts or um you know whether they be video podcasts on YouTube or if they are podcasts within Apple or Spotify or you know wherever you like to listen to podcasts um, It's usually a recommendation from someone else, so if you know someone. needs this message, I just ask you to pass this on, please. So that I do pray, I do pray, um, even though I don't know your specific needs, God knows them, and I do pray that you're growing and building an unshakable foundation, especially as we go through the armor of God. So this week's week's action steps, we're going to continue reading 1 Corinthians 13 every single morning because we are busting the mold From the love that the world has been showing us and teaching us, and we are transforming the next generation to love the 1 Corinthians 13 way. We're going to read Galatians 5, 16 to 23. We are going to really read and know the difference between the flesh and the spirit, because the flesh wants what's contrary to the spirit. And so we need to be aware of that, and we need to remember that. So just like last week, you can make note cards to hang around your house or post in your car. You can label your alarms with the verse. Um, If you didn't hear the previous podcast, then what I do is I label each of my alarms with the verse that I'm memorizing. um, The verse that I need to to read often. Um, So every time an alarm goes off, then I get to read the verse and it helps to keep it on my mind. Um, And then also, number four... Oh, so also we're memorizing Ephesians 6, 13 to 14a. And number four, um, join us on the Becoming a Radiant Wife Facebook group. So remember to answer the questions. So I know you're a real person. You're not a spammer or a bot. We are a group of wives and we're a small group. We're a growing community. Everyone starts somewhere, right? We're a group of wives who are committed to strengthening our marriages in order to strengthen our families and our communities, and we would love to have you join us. I hope, like every podcast, that this has been beneficial to you. And if it has, I'm going to ask you to please leave a five-star review. If it's any less than that, I want you to go to the Be Sweet Family Facebook page. I want you to message me, and I want you to let me know where it fell flat for you. But I, I... hope that it, was, um, that it was a five-star podcast for you and that you really enjoyed it and that you learned through it. So anyway, I will be back here in two weeks. Actually, I'm going to be back here in about 15 minutes because I'm recording tonight's. <laughs> and then after that, in two weeks, every two weeks, I uh, post a new episode on Thursdays. So until then, I'll be praying for you. And I hope that you are just drawing closer to the Lord and learning and growing each and every day. Bye.